Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where this month we count down ways to get us out of 2020 mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you name it, and prepare for what we all hope will be a much, much better 2021 and beyond. And so my guest today is going to really actually shock our potential for uh, something that's really near and dear to my heart, and that is about sales and it's not exactly what you think it's about. It's about really talking about sales. We should, we may be talking about lots of things, but I definitely want to talk about her book where um, she is talking about really making sure that you do work that makes you proud and understanding that sales is not a bad word, but you do need to approach it with intention. So my guest today is Lisa McLeod. She's the global expert on purpose-driven business. She's also a best-selling author, and for those of you watching the uh, the video version, you'll see her books right behind her. Noble with per- selling with noble purpose, and uh, she spent two decades helping leaders increase their competitive differentiation and their emotional engagement, which is so important. The more that we feel like we're owners in a business, the more that we deliver to that company in many ways. Her work debunks the myth that money is the primary motivation for most employees, which is, this is gonna be a really fun dialogue. And she developed the noble purpose philosophy after her research revealed that salespeople who sell with noble purpose, who truly want to make a difference, they will, in a much, much bigger way than you might have expected. She's a former Procter & Gamble sales leader who firm founded her own firm in 2001, and she's working with some pretty large customers like Cisco, Roche, uh, Volvo, David Busters, obviously a very fun location. Those are a little bit unique uh, um, array of clients. And here's what I love. She is keynoted in 25 countries, authored over 2,000 articles, and made appearances on The Today Show and NBC Nightly News. She's been featured in Forbes, Wall Street Journal, and NPR. So joining me today, and thank you so much, is Lisa. Such a pleasure to be with you. I will say, as I listen to the intro, I think that's why I'm tired. I know there was a lot of high points in that. I don't always read everybody's bio because... You know, some things are not all that interesting, but yours is just filled with lots of like exciting things that I know are really going to motivate my listeners. So can't wait to talk to you. 
much. Excellent. Well, I too am eager to have a better year next year. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all want it? And that's really the purpose for you know this month-long series is to help people understand that it, you know, it might just be a date on the calendar, but we can't actually use the emotional significance of the changing of the calendar from one year to the next mm -hmm. to really make some differences in what we do today to get ourselves in a better mind frame for 2021 and beyond. So I gave kind of the highlights of your bio, but Lisa, tell us a little bit about you, your business, and how you help people to shock their potential. So my business is centered on the concept of noble purpose. And something when you said using the date on the calendar, I completely agree with you because one of the things you need to recognize is it is an arbitrary date on the calendar, but it's one we've all agreed to. So mm -hmm. everyone is in this same mindset and there's never a better time to be self-reflective and think about what you want. And one of the things that became apparent this year for a lot of people in their work was that their work lacked meaning. When mm. they stripped away the lunchroom, the personal connections, whatever perks you had, and it was just you and your work at the kitchen table, for a lot of people, they mm -hmm. felt that loss of sense of purpose. Yes. And so what my work is about is helping individuals and organizations reclaim that. And the truth is, when we think when we talk about noble purpose, we think about healthcare workers, we think about teachers, we think about those folks, and they do have a noble purpose. But what I'd like to suggest is if you work in banking or software, or as one of our clients does, the concrete business, or as you mm -hmm. mentioned, if you work at Dave and Buster's, you too have a noble purpose because you're doing something that's helping people. And what you need to do is have clarity about that and find it. And that will fuel you in a way that just, you know, time to make the donuts and make more money. That is not going to do it for you. <laughs> I love that. I love the line of donuts, but no donut makers have noble purpose too. <laughs> they actually do. And what I'm referring to is there was, a, was an ad years ago where the guy was just to make the donuts, time to make the donuts. And I think you're making these donuts, pal. I love those donuts. And exactly. so, but anything taken to an extreme becomes a grind. And what yes. happened this year was people ended up in many cases with a very transactional relationship with their work where I punch the clock, I go in, I do what I get it done, I get paid. And that is not sustainable. It's, it's bad for you. It's bad for your organization. It's bad for your customers. And so we've got to mentally reframe this so we can come at next year with some renewed vigor. I really love that. I'm taking notes as we go along that um, you're absolutely right. As, as we peeled back the layers of the things we thought were important in our businesses, in our jobs, we had to then reevaluate, not only reevaluate what if I have a job or don't have a job, but you know, what does this mean and how do I do it in a different environment? And I think still we were all, um, I guess, under a, a hope, you know, a little rose colored glasses that, you know, just stay at home for a few weeks and then we'll get back to normal. And we know, and by the way, I hate the term new normal. I refuse to use it as a, as part of my dialogue, but I think we all can recognize now that there will never be that normal that we had before. And um, so then, you know, there can be a new awakening of who you are and what you do. There can be a sense of loss, you know, of anger, of frustration. Um, there's so many different ways to approach it, but regardless, you know, is trying to look at it and see what that noble purpose is and embrace it so that that also helps get through 
whatever other road bumps may come, whether it's pandemic related or anything else in life related? Well, we're facing more than a pandemic right now. We've got a pandemic. We have social unrest like we haven't seen in a long time. There is going to be a social reckoning and we have an economic challenge. And so all three of those are happening at the same time. And one of the things I often liken it to, if you've ever had a traumatic personal life event, a cancer scare, a loss Mm -hmm. of a parent, that time when you really go into deep reflection and you say, who am I? Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? A lot of people make changes when they go through those things. What happens in the past is you go through that and then you go back to work and everybody else is the same and it's easy to fall back into the same thing. Now it's happening to everyone all at once. And so what happens in this situation, because we have health, social, and economic, is your job, the economic aspect, might become more important once we get afraid we're going to lose it. Right. But yet, because of the health and the social issues, you're also thinking about, do I even like it? Does it even matter? And I will say, if you're out there making a living for your family, that alone matters. But the adrenaline that we might have had when the pandemic first started, we have a bank client and they did um, payroll protection. And so they said, man, we were working 24 hours a day. It's a mid-sized bank. They said, we were on fire for our customers. And they did an amazing job. And they said, now we've got to maintain that same focus on helping our customers but we're adrenaline out. Oh yeah. We like that, like we can't keep at that pace. We're really proud of ourselves. And so that's where it's a client and they've been public about this Atlantic Capital Bank. They were a bank of the year in 2020 or 2019 rather, uh, because they have this noble purpose, we fuel prosperity and they've lined all of their people up around that. And so what that does when you have clarity of purpose and you're that specific about it, it gives you a way to reset yourself after the adrenaline is over. When you're looking across a longer term of, okay, we still have this North star, we fuel prosperity. Now we need to figure out how to do it virtually, how to do it environment. But it gives you a way to reset versus I'm a loan officer. I have to just go and make loans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so true. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how um, I have talked to a lot of people lately that are, you know, I'm very thankful to have a job, Mm -hmm. but whatever comes after that, but is, you know, really telling, but I'm tired of the zoom calls, for instance, or I've never had this much attention from my boss before. I was always left to do what I had, you know, could do. And I was very successful the way I was doing it before. And now it doesn't feel the same way. So it is a good time for reflection. And sometimes it means you have to kind of buck up and get through it, you know, and, and, and hold on to it. But it doesn't mean that you have to, um, feel like you're hostage to a job that you don't like. You may have to stay in it for a while, but it's a great time to reflect and say, what is my purpose? What is my passion? What did I love about it before that I can either find love in it again, or I can adapt and change? Or maybe this is when I truly say, okay, I'm going to go out and find the next thing that I really love, but also do it with some more open eyes than you might have at another time. Well, one of the things that I see is that people often think because they're not saving lives or feeding the poor, that their work doesn't matter. And we, for example, work with a concrete company 
Okay. Mm -hmm. They do concrete in people's basements. And you might think that that's a boring job, but you try living your life without concrete. You cannot. It it holds the world. And so when you, when they, uh, it's a company called Foundation Support Works out of Omaha, Nebraska. And what they decided was that their noble purpose was we're going to redefine the industry. Mm. Because, you know, you call a contractor, maybe they come, maybe they don't, maybe their quote's right, maybe it's not. They said, no more, no more. We are going to redefine expectations for this industry and every customer interaction. We are going to be completely different. We're going to be on time. Our quotes are going to be good. We're going to clean up our job site. We're going to finish the work. And they tell stories about how they're redefining the industry. And so what they've created there in that business is what I call the tribe of true believers. There are people that know our work, that our work matters. And, and mm-hmm. I use that as an example because too often we get in a grind with our work. And so one of the examples I often use is parenting. Yes. We all know that parenting is a grind. And we, <laughs> whether you have kids or not, we all know it, that parenting can be a grind. And we also know that parenting has a noble purpose. Yes. So it is a choice. I can wake up every day and it's time to get the breakfast on the table. It's time to get on the Zoom calls. And I'm going to have some days like that. But if I know that how I'm acting as a parent in this moment is shaping the future leaders of the world, it is going to give me a sense of energy and a sense of intentionality. And the same way with our jobs. When I know that my interaction with this customer can make or break their day, my interaction with my employee can have a profound impact on their self-esteem. When I bring that sense of noble purpose to the fore, I become the best version of myself. Mm, So true. And, and, but it takes, uh, it, it takes, clarity of thought you have to you yep. have to purposefully make those decisions to embrace your noble purpose that's right and then make sure you're always watching yourself to to change accordingly when you need to because we'll all fall off the rails at times we will and that's okay we need to give ourselves permission to have a bad day that is okay but the parent who decides minor star is creating future leaders and puts a stake in the ground is going to experience more enjoyment, more fun. They're going to do a better job. And that's why when we work with companies, we don't just say you need to be purposeful because everything in an organization is going to pull you back to the money or the function. If you're a software developer, if you are a you know loan processor, everything is going to pull you into that job function. And if you're a senior leader or an entrepreneur, everything is going to pull you towards the money. And my job is to make money. And that's fine. Money matters. But that's why you have to have clarity of purpose where you say things like, our job here is we fuel prosperity. Our job is to redefine the industry. You, Dave and Buster's caught your attention early on. When I worked with their team, they have a, um, a sales team that goes out and sells corporate events. Mm-hmm. And the purpose we landed on for them was we champion laugh out loud fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So when they are going out and selling corporate events, their whole point of competitive differentiation is we are going to be, we are championing the idea of fun for your people. And we've looked at the brain science of what fun does for a group of people and what happens when people laugh and what can we do to make them laugh and when people are laughing together, what happens? And so when you're out selling that corporate event, you know, I'm creating something where 10 or 150 people are going to get together and laugh. And it's going to be an amazing memory for them. 
Now, who's going to be the better salesperson? The person that knows they're selling this idea that people are going to get together and laugh and have fun or the person that's like, I'm here to sell events. <laughs> exactly. And so everything can be applied to anything. Yeah. Think about how the way you find your noble purpose is you think about is three questions. How do you make a difference? How do you do it differently than your competition? And on your best day, what do you love about your job? I love it. How do you make a difference? How do you differentiate yourself? Is that what? How do you do it differently? How do you do it differently? And that the language there is really important because if you say, how do you differentiate yourself? Dave and Buster's could say, well, we have a better space. Blah, 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 blah. But instead <laughs> you say, how do you do it differently? And that's where you come up with things like, we're the ones that help people have fun. And then on your best day, what do you love about your job? Yeah, that's great. I love that. On your best day, I'm taking notes as we go along. I think that's so important. I always tell people too that, you know, when we create really great environments, so I talk about creating the dream teams of tomorrow by building uh, and developing better leaders today. So it's, to me, it's about, you know, creating a system where you are always thinking about how do you build the best team? That doesn't mean you may have the best team now. You're always building towards the best team, that dream team. And so I always tell people, um, you know, when I'm speaking, I'm like, so my goal is to have every single person who works for me so excited every morning that they can't wake up. They can't wait to get out of bed and start working. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's never going to happen. And I and I let it go because I, I love that, you know, the disbelief. But then I say, wait, so are you telling me that can't happen? Well, that's never going to happen. You're never going to have everybody, you know, that wakes up and so happy to come to work. You know, I work in a bank. I sell, you know, we, we do concrete. And I always challenge them and say, you know, just because it's not probable doesn't mean it's not possible. Mm -hmm. So why would you stop yourself from probability because you just don't, you know, you just don't believe it because if we're working towards it, then we're building something better than we were yesterday. Right. And, and even that much better is that much better. Well, and the thing is, one of the things that most managers underestimate is their power to build belief. And I know when I first became a manager at 25, I got a, a cube, a little cubicle. That was a big step up. I got my <laughs> cubicle. And at that time, my company issued these briefcases. You got an all leather briefcase when you became a leader. And so no one said to me, congratulations, you're a manager. Your job is to build belief. But one of the things that those companies that we just talked about, Dave and Buster's, the bank that says we fuel prosperity, the concrete company that says we're redefining our industry, those leaders made a practice of telling stories to their team on a regular basis about how they made a difference. Because the only people that are going to wake up on fire to say, I'm ready to go to work, are the people that believe they're part of something bigger than themselves. Right. Now, if you're broke, you're going to wake up and go, I got to go make some money. But right. it's not going to have that, that enthusiasm, that zest, that contagious positivity, that the idea of we got to go champion some laugh out loud fun here. We got to yeah. fuel some prosperity. We got to redefine the industry. People have two fundamental needs. We want belonging and significance. And mm -hmm. what that means is we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And we mm -hmm. our part matters. Right. Absolutely. And as you were talking to, I just was remembering my very first time at Dave and Buster's because we had a corporate event there. And I remember going, oh, 
why are we doing this? Like, this is just not going to be fun. And one of the senior leaders um, who was very like buttoned up and really, you know, very formal, I ended up racing him, you know, in those side-by-side cars, yeah. you know, I mean, not literally, but they're the, the video games. And I was, I had so much fun because he started laughing. He was laughing out loud because he mm-hmm. kept running into stuff. And I was like, this is hilarious. And all of a sudden I saw him in a whole new light. Right. Other than, you know, uh, really buttoned up, uh, you know, learning what he could do or couldn't do with video games, what I could or couldn't do, which I never expected to do anything. But it was it was a real different environment and it created a different bond for our organization when we were done. So I, they they definitely have They're living it. Well, when we sat down with their team, that was one of the things we used those three questions and we sat in a room with a group of people and we said, how do you make a difference and how do you do it differently? And we heard story after story like that. And their corporate salespeople were like, when I walked through, when I said, what's your best day on your job? They said, when I walked through and I have people say, it's so funny you mentioned that, that exact same scenario. When someone says, I've never seen my boss have fun to me. That makes my heart beat faster. And as we started to, as started with this group of people and they started to tell those stories That's how we landed on that. It was like, you all are the champions of fun. And then we were like, it's more than just fun. It's (laughs) And so so that's how we landed on that. And that then becomes the North Star for the organization. Because without clarity, we always say your noble purpose is your aim and your lane. It defines your aspiration, which is all about the impact you want to have on your customers. And it also is your lane. So for Dave and Buster's, their lane is laugh out loud fun. Mm-hmm. For the bank, their lane is fueling prosperity. You notice it's not we're a commercial bank, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> the more you can be clear on that, that gives your group a rallying cry. Because too often, leaders try to use either money as a rallying cry or beat the competition. Yeah. And Absolutely. those those are those will get some results, but they will not create competitive differentiation, and they will not create long term emotional engagement with your people. It's not absolutely. a compelling story to tell the market. No, yeah, absolutely. You're so right. I love it. Gosh, we could talk about that issue all day. Now, I want to make sure to give you a little time to talk about tips because as we try and you know figure out how to get people to mentally and emotionally, spiritually, whatever, leave 2020 behind, you know, what are your tips to help people, you know, be able to put this one on the books and start the new year with the best mindset possible? So I have two tips. Uh, The first one's what we just talked about. Name and claim your noble purpose. Give yourself a few moments to answer those questions. How do I make a difference? How do I do it differently? And on my best day, what do I love about my job? And those questions are asked in a really specific way to get you to personally reflect and engage your heart, engage your spirit, search your soul, not just what are my points of competitive differentiation. They're really asked in a very intentional way. And the second thing that I would tell people that they can do is identify some stories of a time when you made a difference at work. Mm. And tell yourself and tell those other people those stories. Because Dave and Buster's can say we champion laugh out loud fun, and that's great. What's really going to sustain the morale of their people 
is if they tell a story like you just told about we were yeah. in here last week and the CFO is laughing his ass off and it was amazing. And everybody in the group looked and said, is that our guy? <laughs> so when you tell those stories and it can be a story about how you made a difference to a colleague, it can be a story about how you made a difference to your kids. When you tell those stories, they shape your belief. And yes. you need to tell the, 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 you go to somebody's family reunion, listen to the stories, the elders retell, that'll tell you what the beliefs are of that tribe. And so mm -hmm. you are creating your tribe in your little cohort of people that you work with. If you're the CEO, the millions of people that might report to you, if you are in a marriage, if you have a child, you need to tell stories about how you made a difference because they will fire up your frontal lobes. They will ignite belief in you and the team. So find your noble purpose and then tell stories that show when you're living it. If you can do those two things, you'll point yourself in a different direction. I love that. Um, and for all those reasons, but one more, and that is, it has been so easy for everybody to get lost in what we lost. Yeah. You know, kind of lost in the in the pain of why isn't the world the same? Why can't I go on vacation? You know, why am I doing this? And, and those things, you know, I was trying to make people, you know, make sure you surround yourself with positive people who are having positive conversations because those people who are not, they will drag you down, but we can do it to ourselves. So your, your whole example of, you know, identify the stories and start telling them, you're not just telling other people and building your tribe that way too. You're, you're building yourself back up. Yeah. And that's, that's so important to keep us mentally um, and navigable, you know, that we can, that we can adapt and change, but we remember what's good and positive. Well, it's crucial. And it, if you look back at any individual or any generation that did amazing things, they had always been through hardship. And yeah. so we somehow got this idea that we would manage our lives in such a perfect way that we would be immune to hardship. And what yeah. we missed, and let's be honest, some people have had real hardship in this and some people have had uncomfortableness. Yes. Both have merit, but yep. some people still have their job. That and it's okay to say, I'm blessed. And this is also really hard. You're allowed to say that. But we need to realize that if you think about any institution, any family, it is those times and how you responded to the hardship that will define you going forward. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to make movies about this time. They're going to write books about this time. And so one of the things I know that helped me when I was a young parent was I always used to think if they made a movie, if your child becomes president and they make a movie of her childhood, how do you want to come across, you know, I don't want Bobby Dearest movie out here. <laughs> I don't want to be like Kelly Keller's parents, you know. So, oh. Think about that in every environment. This hardship is not dissimilar to mm -hmm. hardships people have had to go through in wartime, in other things. And people emerge from that with the confidence to use a phrase that's going around that we can do hard things. And that's yeah. what you're building now is a confidence in yourself, in your team, in your kids, in your marriage. You know, every good marriage has been through a hard time. Absolutely. And, and we need to get out of our head that once I get through this, I can go back. We need to say, this is the time that's 
the, the rough and tumble time that's churning me in this ocean, that's turning me into who I'm going to be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's much like the, the analogy that popped in my head as you were talking is when I was, I think 12, I had one of those, like a rock polisher. Rock tumbler. Yeah. yeah rock tumbler. Yeah. And they're and so men, noisy. Oh my God. Yeah. They're so noisy. It's painful. It's pain. You know, you put them in They're They're pretty raw. You know, they're not attractive mm -hmm. looking. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of discomfort. And when it's done, they're all beautiful and shiny. Right. <laughs> And if the, the rocks had feelings, which who knows, maybe they do, they probably didn't like it. My kids had one. I parked it in the garage. It was so I got noisy. But, <laughs> but, but that's, that's what we need to think about is, yeah. is I'm going through this whether I like it or not. And so one of the things when we work with organizations, we say, this is your chance to build belief in your team, to have your team believe we are bigger than just what's happening to us this month or this quarter. Our work matters. We're going to come out of this stronger, more focused. And it's okay yeah. to have a bad day, but we got to have our eyes on something bigger than just, oh my God, can I get through tomorrow? Exactly. I love it. Um, I know we will have all your information on our show notes, but in case somebody has to find you right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Google selling with noble purpose. Okay. And you will find our website. We've got some videos on our homepage that describe what some leaders have done to align their organizations around a noble purpose. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Lisa, I love our conversation. We can talk for hours and hours and hours and uh, probably, you know, would if we didn't have to stop at some point in time. But before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think the last thing I would say for folks at this moment in time is you don't have to choose between making money and making a difference. Mm -hmm. The profit and the purpose are connected. You can have both. You deserve both. Everyone does. I love it. Thank you so much. It's been such an absolute pleasure having you on, on uh, the podcast today. Such a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.